0: We're back with some more college basketball action here for Saturday, January 7th, and we got an action-packed slate of games here, 146 Division I college basketball games going on today, a lot of action to take place, so let's jump into some of these games. Now we kick off Saturday's show in the Big East as St. John's takes on Providence. St. John's comes into this game as the 58th overall team in the odds power ranking. Providence is the 38th overall team, and these are two teams who have kind of gone in different directions here as of late. I mean, St. John's losing their last four games come into this game after a very disappointing loss against Marquette in their last one, and as far as Providence goes, very impressive start to Big East play here. 5-0 and in Big East play, including that huge win over UConn in their last game, and overall, it's just a Providence team that has been playing some great basketball this season. They've done a pretty good job shooting the ball, a 52.2 effective field goal percentage for them on the season. They're also dropping 34.6% from beyond the arc. Bryce Hopkins has been absolutely great, dropping 16.4 points per game, and when we look over to St. John's, it's not like they're the worst offense in the world. They they certainly have some shooters, and and as a team, they're not terrible. A 50.6 effective field goal percentage has struggled a little bit from the perimeter, only hitting 31.8% from beyond the arc, but Joel Serrano has been a monster in the paint for this St. John's team this season, dropping 16.2 points per game for him, also pulling down 12.2 rebounds per game, but they just haven't had that same edge and and really here as of late, especially in Big East play, have struggled against some of these opponents defensively. They've also had some concerns, um, giving up a 49.3 effective field goal percentage and 32.9% from beyond the arc. Providence has a slight edge in that department, only giving up 46% point six effective field goal percentage and only allowing 32.3 percent from beyond the arc and really the key for St. John's in this game is going to be to push tempo and get Providence you know to, to make mistakes you know they play one of the fastest games in the entire country but what we've seen against the Big East opponents already this season that St. John's has really struggled to do that. And it's a Providence team that has been absolutely on fire. Ed Cooley has this team looking very, very good and, you know, coming to this game, winning eight straight, looking to force that to nine. Um, and I think they do that in commanding fashion here in this game. Taking Providence, minus six and a half here against St. John's next up on the card, we go to the big 10 as Wisconsin takes on Illinois, Wisconsin comes into this game as the 44th overall team in the hot of power ranking. Illinois is the 22nd overall team. And this Illinois team is just, you know, not the same team we saw the past few years and obviously very different rosters, a lot of different guys on the court. Um, but they've just continued to struggle, you know, coming to this game, following the loss to Northwestern and it's a Wisconsin team on the other side that has looked very, very good. Certainly exceeding expectations. Uh, um, here earlier in the season you know the two point loss against Kansas down in the Bahamas during Thanksgiving a game that they ultimately had chances to win and probably should have won uh, forcing that one to overtime the three point loss against Wake Forest their only other loss and offensively Wisconsin has really surprised me for the better this season have played very very well they've been a strong shooting team only a 50.9 effective field goal percentage overall but they've been deadly from the perimeter hitting 38.2 percent from beyond the arc Illinois hasn't been a bad team offensively and certainly are not the worst team shooting wise a 53.6 effective field goal percentage but when you compare their three-point shooting to wisconsin they've struggled a little bit more this season only hitting 32.6 percent from beyond the arc and, and offensively it's just a brad underwood team that is just not built the same way it was the seasons ago i mean they've really struggled to hold on to the basketball this season turning it over on 21.1 percent of their opponents or of their possessions they're the 309th worst team in the country um, when it comes to turning the basketball over and that's something Wisconsin has done very very well only turning it over on 14.6 percent of their possessions the ninth best team in the country in that category and defensively it's obviously a Wisconsin team that has just been outstanding this season their shot defense has been very very good and Greg Gard has really just done a great job of building a Badgers team and a Badgers program that can sustain some turnover um, and really look good season over season I think they get this one done on the road I think they keep this game close against Illinois taking Wisconsin plus six and a half here against Illinois. Next up in the a 10 we've got St. Joseph's taking on Fordham. St. Joe's comes into this game as the 180th overall team in the Hotsubit Power Ranking. Fordham is the 195th overall team. For St. Joe's coming to this game following the loss to Dayton in their last one. And while they haven't been the best team this season by any means, they've certainly had some decent performances. But at 6-8 and eight on the season, they really need to get things turned around if they want to salvage this season. It's a Fordham team that started the year off very, very strong. You know, had an 11-game winning streak. Um, they do come into this one, though, losing their last two. You know, obviously 0-2 and 8-10 play, looking for their first win here in this game. But offensively, it's a Fordham team that played some good basketball during that non-conference schedule. Now, sure, it was lesser opponents than obviously what they're facing throughout the 8-10 play here, but they've shot the ball well. A 51.2 effective field goal percentage, hitting 33.8% from beyond the arc. Darius Quinsberry has been a great scorer for this Fordham squad with 18 points per game, and while St. Joe's hasn't been a, a terrible team, offensively have not done a terrible job shooting the ball, they have been a step behind what Fordham has done this year. Only a 48.9 effective field goal percentage on the year and hitting 32.9% from beyond the arc. Eric Reynolds does lead the way though and it's been a pretty good shot score 18.1 points per game for him but I Offensively, Well, Fordham maybe has a slight edge. I think the real advantage in this game is going to come on the defensive side of the ball. And it's really that Fordham defense that, you know, propelled them on that 11-game winning streak and and really made them look so good. Um, Their shot defense has just been absolutely outstanding, holding their opponents to a 45.9 effective field goal percentage on the year. St. Joe's giving up a 52 effective field goal percentage. And they've also been pretty strong from the perimeter, only allowing 32.7% from beyond the arc, while St. Joe's is allowing 34.5%. And it's really a St. Joe's team that we've seen strong. Struggle on the road a bit this season. I think they struggle once again here at Fordham. And I think Fordham gets a pretty big win um, to finally get that 1st a 8-10 win of the season and, and kind of rebound after their last two losses. Taking Fordham, minus four, here against St. Joseph's. The next game we'll take a look at here on Saturday is East Carolina taking on Memphis. East Carolina comes into this game as the 206th overall team in the high to power ranking. Memphis is the 31st overall team. And if there's any team that's going to give Houston a run for the money in the American, it's going to be this Memphis squad. But even they have had some struggles this season coming to this game following the loss to Tulane in their last one. East Carolina also coming off of a loss to UCF in their last game. But it was an East Carolina team that actually looked pretty strong um, at Wichita State in the game before that. And overall, offensively, East Carolina, while they're certainly not a great team and haven't shot the ball great this season, they've been fine. A 48.5 effective field goal percentage on the year, 32.3% from beyond the arc, really not much worse off than what Memphis has done this year. For Memphis, a 51.5 effective field goal percentage and only hitting 32.5% from beyond the arc. Overall, two teams that kind of stack up decently evenly on the offensive side of the ball. And the defense isn't that big of a mismatch either. The Memphis shot defense has been fairly strong. The East Carolina shot defense, though, has also been fairly strong, holding their opponents to a 47.5 effective field goal percentage, while Memphis giving up a 45.7 effective field goal percentage. And both these teams are only allowing 31.8% from beyond the arc i mean as good as memphis has been and as big as this spread is i'm just a little bit confused by this game sure east carolina has had some disappointing performances this season but they've done a decent enough job keeping it close against better teams this season and i think we see that even on the road here against this penny hardaway memphis team i think east carolina covers this spread taking them plus 14 and a half here against memphis Next up, we head to the SEC for a rivalry game. We got Ole Miss taking on Mississippi State. Ole Miss comes into this game as the 83rd overall team in the high-to-bit power ranking. Mississippi State is the 61st overall team for Ole Miss. Coming to this game, 0-2 in SEC play with losses to Alabama and Tennessee. Mississippi State, 0-2 in SEC play with losses to Alabama and Tennessee. Um, so to say these two teams have had pretty similar performances here as of late would be a little bit of an understatement. Um, but for what these teams are, um, they did have some, some decent non-conference you know schedules and, and opponents. I mean Mississippi State looked very good during non-conference play. A win over Marquette and a win over Utah during that stretch. Mississippi struggled a little bit more, and it's a Mississippi team um, that hasn't shot the ball nearly as well this season. Offensively, just haven't been a great team. Only a 48.1 effective field goal percentage on the season, only hitting 29.4% from beyond the arc. Now, that's not to say Mississippi State's a great shooting team this season, either. A 47.7 effective field goal percentage and hitting 30.6% from beyond the arc, but I really think the advantage for Mississippi State in this game is going to come on the defensive side of the ball. They've really been an outstanding defense this season, and, you know, depending what category you look at, a top 10 defense, um, you know, when it comes to this game, their shot defense has been absolutely outstanding this year. Not to mention, they've done a really good job on the defensive glass, pulling down 72.1% off the defensive glass. Mississippi, a little bit behind them, only pulling down 70% off the defensive glass. And I really think it's an old miss team going to struggle on the road here in this game i really love what chris james was able to do before he came to mississippi state here and he had a great non-conference appearance he'll got this team rocking got a couple of good wins over marquette and utah um, and after the alabama and tennessee losses i think he bounces back in this game i'm taking mississippi state minus five here against ole miss Next up on the card, we got Loyola Chicago taking on George Mason. Loyola Chicago comes into this one as the 67th overall team in the odds of the power ranking. George Mason is the 119th overall team, and it's a George Mason team that I kind of fell in love with during non-conference play, and they're one of the, the most you know apparent home road splits you're ever going to see, um, especially right now. They're 8-0 at home this season and 1-6 and away from home. Now, away from home, a few of those were neutral site games, but nonetheless, they've been a very very strong team at home this season. and we look over to Loyola Chicago, certainly not the performance they wanted here. You know, in their first year of A10 play, they're 0-2 here to start conference play. And Drew Valentine has really just struggled to get his team on the same page at times this season. Overall, they're not the worst shooting team in the world. Um, a 54.4 effective field goal percentage on the season have been decent from the perimeter, hitting 33.3%. Uh, but George Mason has also been a very good shooting team this season, a 54.2 effective. Field percentage on the year and hitting 36.8 percent from beyond the arc not to mention the George Mason defense has really looked good this season holding their opponents to 28.8 percent from beyond the arc. They're the 25th best team in the country um, in that category. And one of the areas that Loyola Chicago has really struggled from this season is the turnover department. They turn the ball over more than almost any team in the country. They're 359th in the country when it comes to turning the ball over, turning it over on 24.6% of their possessions. And going on the road here is not gonna be an easy task because a George Mason team, like we said, that has looked very, very good at home this season. They've done a very strong rebounding team As well, I think they keep things rolling here in this game. Taking George Mason, minus 6.5 against Loyola Chicago. The next game we'll take a look at here on Saturday is Campbell taking on UNC Asheville. Campbell comes into this game as the 239th overall team in the high-to-bet power ranking. UNC Asheville is the 213th overall team for Campbell. Finally get a win over Gardner-Webb. Um, that's actually their first win, or first Division I win, rather, um, since November. It was a team that really struggled over the past month or so of the season. And despite the the 6-9 and nine record, which isn't terrible, and there certainly have been some high points, um, it's a Campbell team that has really struggled this season as far as UNC Asheville goes though coming to this game following a win over high point 10 and 6 on the season and offensively they've been a very very strong team have done a great job shooting the basketball a 53.6 effective field goal percentage for them on the year and they've been great from beyond the arc hitting 38% from 3 Drew Pepper has been great shooting wise this season 18.8 points per game for him and compare that over to the Campbell shooting it does you know not fare well for this Campbell team only a 51.1 effective field goal percentage only hitting 31 one5 percent from beyond the arc Ricky Clemens has been a decent score with twelve point two points per game but looking back over to Drew Pember um, of UNC Asheville not only is there their lead scorer he's also their lead rebounder pulling down eight point nine rebounds per game and it really is a UNC Asheville team um, that relies on those second chance opportunities and, and on the defensive glass um, to really you know win some of these games and look good they've been a great rebounding team this season pulling down twenty six point two percent off the offensive glass Campbell has certainly struggled in that department only pulling down 22.7% off the offensive glass and yeah Campbell's been decent on the defensive side of the ball but UNC Asheville also looked pretty good on the defensive side of the ball I think it's a Campbell team that going on the road here in this game is really going to struggle against the UNC Asheville team that has just been playing some great basketball this season taking Asheville minus four here against Campbell Now, before we get into some of these evening games, if you haven't already checked out the website, head over to hotdipbest.com. Got college basketball, college football, NFL, NBA, NHL, UFC, and horse racing picks being posted up on the site every single day. So make sure you take a look at all of that. Also follow the Hot Tip Bets main account at Hot Tip Bets on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter to stay up to date with all the content being posted over there, as well as my account at Hot Tip Bets Chris on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter to stay up to date with all the content that I am putting out. And also follow me on Best stamp so you get early access to all my picks and get a notification every single time that I place a bet. And last but definitely not least, if you're watching here on YouTube, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, hit the bell notification so you don't miss out on any future uploads. And most importantly, drop a comment down below. Let me know who you guys are betting on here for Saturday's card. And let's get into the second half. Next, we head down to Waco for a Big 12 game between Kansas State and Baylor. Kansas State comes into this one as the 53rd overall team in the Hatsubit Power Ranking. Baylor is the ninth overall team. And, you know, these two teams to start Big 12 play probably went the opposite ways most people (laughs) thought, you know, K-State 2-0 in Big 12 play, Baylor 0-2, you know, Fort Baylor losses to Iowa State and TCU, K-State also obviously getting the win in overtime against West Virginia, the impressive win against Texas on Tuesday night. And, It's a Kansas State team that is one loss to Butler away from being undefeated this season. And and offensively, they have just done a great job shooting the basketball. A 53.4 effective field goal percentage and hitting 35% from beyond the arc. Keontae Johnson has been probably one of the best transfer pickups in the entire nation this year. 18.4 points per game for him. Does a great job rebounding the basketball as well, pulling down 6.9 rebounds per game. Offensively, it doesn't get much better than what K-State has done. But Baylor's also been pretty good on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, their stats are right up there with them, um, a 54.6 effective field goal percentage on the year and also hitting 36.1% from beyond the arc. But another thing that both teams have done well this season is rebounding the basketball for Kansas state pulling down 32.9% off the offensive glass Baylor pulling down 37.1% defensively. They're also fairly even Kansas state pulling down 71.5% off the defensive glass while Baylor pulling down 70.5%. And this is just a weird game in general for a whole lot of reasons, but Most importantly, I think the fact that Baylor comes into this one 0-2 in Big 12 plays, certainly looking for a big win in this game. And Scott Drew following two losses is not a really spot that I want to be betting on that opponent in. But if there's one guy that I think I can keep it close and one guy who I think will stay in this game, it's going to be his former assistant in Jerome Tang. I mean, what Jerome Tang has been able to do here in Kansas State in in just his first season has been absolutely remarkable. Going back to Waco for this game, I think he's got the Wildcats ready to play, and I think he keeps this game close. Taking Kansas State plus seven here against Baylor. Now moving down the card we head to the Pac-12 for my favorite game of the day we got Oregon taking on Utah Oregon comes into this one as the 47th overall team in the Hatsabit Power Ranking Utah is the 77th overall team and it's a Utah team that has absolutely impressed me this season 12-4 and on the season they're 5-0 here to start Pac-12 playing well they have picked off you know some of the, the bottom teams of the conference a 15 point win against Arizona last month an absolutely great win in that game really they're, they're only poor performance performance. performance this season was that loss to Sam Houston State. Granted, doesn't look like necessarily the worst loss in the world obviously you'd want to have that game back Um, but it's a team in Utah that has played some great great basketball this season for Oregon come into this game after really struggling on the road against Colorado on Thursday night and it's really just an Oregon team that overall has struggled away from Eugene this season only one win um, on the road this year and it's a team that just has not shot the ball nearly as well as we have seen some of these Oregon teams in the past they've struggled From the perimeter, a lot this season. Only hitting 29.3% from beyond the arc, they're the 309th team in the country in that category. And offensively, it's a Utah team that does a really good job shooting the basketball. 36% from beyond the arc, also hitting 52.6 effective field goal percentage overall. Brendan Carlson has been a outstanding player for this Utah team, 16.1 points per game. But he's also been very, very good rebounder for this team as well, pulling down 7.3 rebounds per game. Um, But it's not just offensively that Utah has looked very, very strong. And in fact, it's probably the defense that has made them so, so good this season. They have one of the sh- best shot defenses in the entire nation this season, holding their opponents to only 41.2 effective field goal percentage. They are the third best team in the country in that category. Utah is also only allowing 26.9 percent from beyond the arc, the fifth best team in the country in that category. And when you compare that over to Oregon, sure, Oregon's not the worst defensive team in the country, but going up against Utah, the numbers aren't great, a 57.4 effective field goal percentage for their opponents and hitting 32.8% from beyond the arc. And like I said, Oregon's certainly not a terrible team, certainly not the worst in the world, but they have really struggled against better opponents this season and even some not so better opponents. And while me betting against Oregon hasn't exactly gone my way this season, I am really just losing my trust in Dana Altman. I don't love the team he has here. And, And Utah, on the other hand, has really looked like a great team. They have a great, great defense. Their shot defense has been absolutely remarkable and i think they control this game on the defensive side of the ball and make it very very hard for this oregon team to score i love utah on this one taking them minus five here against oregon and we head to the Summit League for this next game as Nebraska-Omaha takes on St. Thomas. Omaha comes into this game as the 334th overall team in the Hot Tip of power Ranking. King. St. Thomas is the 274th overall team, and it's a St. Thomas team that I've been fairly impressed with this season. Offensively, they're a very, very strong team coming to this win or coming to this game after a win over Denver in their last game. And like I said, they just shoot the ball very, very well. A 54.7 effective field goal percentage for them up the year those was leading from beyond the arc, not to mention they're a very, very good free throw shooting team hitting 77.6% from beyond the, or from the free throw line with Andrew road back in the lineup last week. It's really a team in St. Thomas that is getting healthy here going into non-conference play. He's been their leading scorer this year, 14.7 points per game. And offensively, it's just a St. Thomas team that plays some good basketball and has looked very good this season. Um, And as far as Nebraska Omaha goes, you know, coming to this game, following the win over western illinois their first true road win of the season and offensively they just haven't been nearly as good as St. Thomas. They're not the worst team in the world, at least as far as Summit League standards go, um, but they haven't done a great job shooting the basketball. Only a 48.9 effective field goal percentage on the season. They're only hitting 32.6% from beyond the arc. Um, they actually have been a notch better than St. Thomas from the free throw line, hitting 76.8% um, from the free throw line, but that is kind of where it stops as far as the Omaha you know stat lines goes. Free throw shooting is about the only thing they've done well. They've really struggled on the defensive side of the ball now granted St. Thomas hasn't been great defensively but for all the flaws that St. Thomas has had on the defensive side of the ball their offense has certainly made up for it Um, and I really think offense takes care of business here in this game seven points is certainly a lot to lay with a St. Thomas team that you know has struggled a little bit out of the gate here um, in Summit League play but I think at home against Nebraska Omaha here in this game um, they really hit from three and I think Nebraska Omaha really struggles to contain those St. Thomas perimeter shooters taking St. Thomas minus seven here against Omaha next up on the car we got Butler taking on Seton Hall Butler comes into this game as the 116th overall team in the hot to bet power ranking Seton Hall is the 46th overall team for Butler coming to this game following a couple of back-to-back wins and yeah they they beat up on a couple of you know bottom um, of the Big East teams in Georgetown and DePaul but but overall it's a Butler team that has not looked bad at all this season obviously the huge win over Kansas State during non conference play and for what Seton Hall is they certainly have had some rocky performances this year you know good wins over Memphis and Rutgers but also a loss to Siena now granted Siena is not a terrible team and it's cer- yeah, certainly not a bad team but but when you're Seton Hall is certainly a game that you probably should have won. And they do come into this game one and four in their last five games, one in four um, in Big East play. In those games as well. And, and offensively, it's a Seaton Hall team that just really hasn't done a great job shooting the ball this season. 48.6 effective field goal percentage, only hitting 30.5% from beyond the arc. And, and overall, their shooting has really just been a massive, massive struggle for them this season. And it's a Butler team that has shot the ball fairly well this year. 53.3 effective field goal percentage in the year, hitting 35.2% from beyond the arc. And it's a Butler team that does a really good job getting a lot of guys involved in this offense and, and really just spreading the ball around. Taylor and Harris have been a great guard duo this year, both averaging over 13 points per game. Manny Bates also, you know, has been very strong down in the paint, 13 points per, or over 13 points per game for him um, this season as well. And it's a Butler team, like I said, that, you know, just spreads the ball around, gets a lot of guys involved and does a really good job playing together and playing as one. And while Seton Hall, you know, has struggled on the offensive side of things, they've been a little bit better defensively. Um, they struggled in the turnover department, though, turning it over on 21.7% of their possessions but their shot defense has looked good holding their opponents to a 46.5 effective field goal percentage and 28.9 percent from beyond the arc but as good as that defense has looked for the Seton Hall team Shaheen Holloway has really just not impressed me this season and I thought it was a bit of a questionable hire for you know a guy who you know went on a run in March Madness had some success probably a little bit of luck um, in that tournament to just go and hire him here at a power school and Seton Hall hasn't been a terrible team this season but we've seen them struggle here in Big East play. One and four overall and i think going up against butler here they continue to struggle in this game i think butler keeps it close taking them plus five here against seton hall Next up, we head to the SEC as Arkansas takes on Auburn. Arkansas comes into this game as the eighth overall team in the high power ranking. Auburn is the 16th overall team for Arkansas. Coming to this game, following a win over Missouri, a game that was, you know, for most of it, probably closer than Arkansas fans wished it would have been, but they live to see another day get the win over Missouri. Um, they're in that game, you know, definitely better than what Auburn did that night. Auburn coming off a loss to Georgia um, in their last game, and it's an Auburn team that's kind of struggled um, here to start the season. I mean, they are 11-3 on the year, but they really haven't shot the ball well. Only a 48.5 effective field goal percentage on the year. Has struggled from beyond the arc, only hitting 28.9%. Wendell Green Jr. has been a decent scorer, 12.3 points per game for him, but overall, just not the best offense in the world out of this Auburn team. Um, But that's not to say Arkansas has been a great shooting team either, because they certainly haven't. Um, Definitely better. A 52.7 effective field goal percentage for them on the year certainly is not a bad stat line there, but they have struggled a little bit from 3 hitting 29.9% from beyond the arc. But it's an Arkansas team that has really looked good on the defensive side of the basketball, especially in the turnover department, forcing turnovers on 24.2% of their opponent's possessions. Auburn, Auburn, though, hasn't been bad in that department either, forcing turnovers on 20.3% of their opponent's possessions. But one area Auburn has struggled defensively, even though they are a fairly strong defensive team as well, is the rebounding department, only pulling down 69.4% off the defensive glass, while Arkansas is pulling down 70 off the defensive glass. The Auburn shot defense, though, has been very, very good this season, but it's an Arkansas team that is getting healthy, and it is really starting to to play some good basketball. Musselman really is putting together a good team here, and I think going on the road here in this one, Arkansas shows up and keeps it close here against Auburn, and yeah, Auburn coming off the Georgia loss isn't exactly the spot that I want to be going against them in, but it's an Arkansas team that has just been playing some great, great basketball, Um, and I think they control this one defensively and take care of Auburn. Taking Arkansas uh, plus two and a half here on the road. Now we close out the show on Saturday in the Mountain West with UNLV taking on New Mexico. UNLV comes into this game as the 99th overall team in the Hotspit Power Ranking. New Mexico is the 109th overall team for UNLV. Obviously, a very, very strong start to the year. Um, but have struggled as of late, you know, 11-3 overall, but three losses in their last four games, certainly not the stretch of games that UNLV wanted here, and New Mexico also started off the season very, very hot. 14-0 record, a solid win over St. Mary's, Iona, Wyoming, Um, but they do come into this game following their first loss of the year to Fresno State in their last game, but that doesn't discount really what either one of these teams have done this season. For New Mexico have been very, very strong on the offensive side of the basketball, a great shooting team this season, a 53.5 effective field goal percentage for them on the year, also hitting 37.3% from beyond the arc. New Mexico has a great guard duo in Jamal Mashburn and Jalen House, both of them with over 17 points per game, and offensively, it's a team in New Mexico that has just done a very good job shooting the basketball this season. Um, UNLV, on the other hand, has struggled a little bit offensively this season, only a 48.9 effective field goal percentage, also only hitting 32.4% from beyond the arc. EJ Heckles, though, has been a good scorer for this team, 16 points per game for him. Luis Rodriguez has also been a strong defender for this UNLV team, 5.9 rebounds per game, 2.5 steals for him this season. Um, and, and rebounding wise, that's one area that UNLV hasn't been terrible this season, especially off the offensive glass, pulling down 30%. Um, but defensively, they struggled a little bit more, only pulling down 66.1% off the defensive glass. New Mexico has also been a great rebounding team, 29.7% off the offensive glass and 75.1% off the defensive glass. And what Richard is has built here at New Mexico um, is just a pretty rock-solid team that is just so, so strong on the offensive side of the ball. Have a couple of great scores, a lot of talent on this team. I think it's a team in New Mexico that bounces back after that Fresno State win. I think at home here in this game, they take care of business against UNLV. Taking them, minus 4.5 here against UNLV. And that closes out Saturday's show. I'm losing my voice. I'll see you tomorrow.